It's the 20th of October, 2005. I'm Michael A. Stackpole, and you're listening to Think About This. Think about this. Once upon a time, society was led by the best and the brightest. We were informed. Now we're distracted. When there's something you should really think about, we'll point it out. So much material, so little bandwidth. Think about this. On the eve of indictments in the outing of CIA agent Valerie Plame case is a phrase that's being tossed around a lot by conservative headliners. It's a simple piece of work and more pernicious because of it. In fact, you're going to be hearing it enough that you'll come to ignore it. The problem is that you really can't afford to. The phrase is this, the criminalization of politics. The idea is simple. A rogue prosecutor is going to bring charges against men who engaged in political behavior. This argument falls into the same classes, but mom, everyone else was doing it in terms of defense, and we all know how persuasive that is. Curiously enough, what the pundits are going to be doing is trying to get people to dismiss activity conducted for political ends, specifically by characterizing justice in that case as nothing but politics. In other words, they're going to say, what we did was okay because punishing us is just political. They're counting on the general public's dislike of and fatigue with politics. They hope you'll just throw your hands up and wish it was all over. They're counting on that because it means you'll accept that indictments against Tom DeLay or the coming charges in the Plame case are insignificant. But they're not. And you're not stupid enough to be taken in by their little word game. Think about that phrase, the criminalization of politics. It sounds great, but really is misdirection. It creates a link between criminal punishment and politics. Now, while I'll admit there are a dozen or so politicians I think would benefit from a nice coat of tar and feathers, I know politicians are not all criminals. I know that politics in and of itself is not a criminal activity. But, and here's the big trick, you can and often do find folks engaging in criminal activity in the pursuit of political ends. Just think back to the Watergate burglary. There was criminal activity in pursuit of political ends, and no one screamed about the criminalization of politics. And if you think about it, every suicide bomber is someone engaged in criminal activity in the pursuit of political ends. But again, no one screams about the criminalization of politics in those cases. The fact is, you can't criminalize politics. You can only criminalize activity. It's very clear that there's a law against exposing the identity of a CIA agent, and for good reason. In Texas, Mr. DeLay ran afoul of laws prohibiting expenditures of corporate contributions to state political campaigns. Both of these laws have been on the books for a long time. Those who broke them knew of them. And, in the courts, they'll get a chance to prove themselves innocent. I have no doubt justice will prevail. Now, just to be clear, there is plenty of political activity that isn't criminal. When the Bush campaign conducted push polling in South Carolina to trash John McCain's reputation in the 2000 election, nothing they did was illegal. There's no law against implanting the idea in the minds of voters that a man has fathered a biracial child. Not only was that behavior legal, it was very effective. The very stuff that makes us so tired of politics. I know that fatigue factor is there. I feel it too, and I love politics. You can't let yourself succumb to it, because if you do, you surrender to the politicians more power than you want to. You see, the Valerie Plame case has two very important aspects to it. 
and being fatigued with politics is going to allow people to trivialize what is a very serious matter, literally a matter of life and death, yours and mine. Valerie Plame worked on problems of the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction, loose nukes, you know, the things the president says Iraq had and that we couldn't let get into the hands of terrorists. While her exposure as an agent might seem a little thing, it also blew the cover of Brewster Jennings, a cover firm for which she worked. It blew the cover of anyone else who worked for Brewster Jennings. It blew the cover of anyone who was talking to representatives of Brewster Jennings. In short, it exposed a whole network our government had put into place to prevent terrorists from getting nuclear weapons. I'm certain that some people have already died because of this exposure, because they were helping the CIA track down weapons merchants. More importantly, one of the best tools we've had for tracking nukes is gone. If somebody does backpack a nuke into the Super Bowl or onto the sidewalk outside the White House, we'll know who to thank. As horrible as that is to contemplate, I want you to think about one more thing. Ask yourself, why was she outed? We know the story. Her husband, Joe Wilson, had gone to Niger to check on the rumored sale of yellow cake uranium to Iraq. He came back and reported the rumors were false. Yet those same rumors were treated as fact in various administration speeches. They were touted as one of the reasons we knew Iraq had reconstituted its weapons of mass destruction programs. Hence the reason, or first among many, of why we went to war. Joe Wilson then wrote an op-ed piece casting doubts on the Niger rumors, and this was when we were already two months into the war with Iraq. Valerie Plame's exposure was an act of political retribution for Joe Wilson's temerity in questioning the government, or, to put it in strict constructionalist terms, he exercised his First Amendment right to free speech, and people in the government decided to punish him by exposing his wife and thereby stripping our nation of a valuable tool in the war against international terrorism. The horrible thing is that this all makes sense. It makes sense in a world of small-minded men who can brook no opposition to their positions. But, let me ask you, shouldn't the members of our government, especially when involved in a global war against terrorism, have better things to do with their time than figuring out ways to punish individuals for exercising their rights? While I hate what they've done, it's this tendency to take their eye off the ball that scares me the most. When the suppression of domestic criticism is put before the prosecution of a war, we have a serious problem. To heck with criminalizing politics. These guys will be in deep trouble if we ever criminalize stupidity. Don't let anyone get away with using the phrase, the criminalization of politics, as a cure-all that dismisses the whole mess. The why of these things isn't what's being punished. It's the how they were done. That's criminal activity. The why, on the other hand, is the stuff of nightmares. It's something to think about. Something to Think About is brought to you by GrowlingCat.com. That's cat with a K. Visit their store at www.cafepress.com slash GrowlingCat. There you'll find smart fashions for the revolution. GrowlingCat because it's a political jungle out there.